Thank you, Lord. Bless our fellowship today in your name. Lead us as a church into parts of the world. We are praying this week for our summer to send teams and uh, groups to different countries to evangelize and prepare and lead us and locally here in the state of Maryland in ministry. Yes, Lord, speak to our hearts today in your name. Amen. Today is a a day where we're going to be teaching and preaching about judgment. Judgment. So anybody wants to leave, you can do that now. Okay. Now, we welcome the theme and are very much interested in understanding what the Bible says about judgment. So this is an introduction for for you and I, for the message. So we have judgment, and we have, in the end, we have the last day, or in that day, there's a time when, when the world will be judged. Now, there's two judgments. One is, we call it bima seat, which is a Greek word for a throne or a seat, and the best example is in a tennis game where you have a high chair at the net. Fault! Okay. That judge makes a call. Is the ball in, in bounds or did it go out? Out. It was fault! Okay. Double fault. And so on. So that's a picture of judgment. And the believer has this one. This is Romans 14, verse 10. Um, but why dost thou judge your brother? Why do, dost thou set it not your brother? For you shall all stand before the, the judgment seat of Christ. That's the bema seat of Christ. Now, this is a judgment that... that um, is without condemnation, but connected with it is uh, the potential of of sensing. I'm sure all of us will, in some measure, sensing um, loss or sensing um, the reality, the reality of God. For now, we see through a glass darkly as believers, but then when we see Him. And we are we are understanding life in the reality of His light. We we will realize um, in one text it's it's called fire. The 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 judgment is um, burning up the wood, hay, and stubble. That's in First Corinthians thirteen or chapter three, First Corinthians three. There is the reality of uh, my life in the context of his reality. And there, there is the rea- realization before God. But there is joy in it. There is uh, 
We rejoice in him. We're not protecting ourselves or defending ourselves. We are realizing who he is and then our life in the context of who he is and what we have done and how we think. And So this bemacy judgment is a big part of our life. And when we, we know that there is a day when the motivation of my heart, uh, things I have said, things that I have done, and so on, will be brought to light. Okay, so that'll be our, our uh, that'll come later this morning. Then there is, and this is important, the Revelation 20 judgment. It's called the White Throne Judgment of chapter 10, Revelation 20 and verse... Uh, 11. <clears throat> and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. There's no place for the heaven and the earth. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. The books were opened, another book was opened which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So that's at the end. That according to our understanding, this is at the end of the millennial reign. This is before the eternal age. This is the, the final, this is the judgment of the unbeliever. So we have the judgment of the unbeliever, and, um, and they are before God, and the books are opened. So just the, the subject of this, this judgment, in my opinion, I think many people alive today want to hear about judgment. They'd like to know about it. What does the Bible say about it? And that that it's it can help people come to Christ. They they want to know. Like, is there a judgment for all the lying, the murder, the the um, pride, the words, action, everything, all of it is everything that has ever been wrong in human history is going to be addressed at that judgment. Is everything coming to service? This is a good question, isn't it? Everything that has ever happened in human history will be brought before God. Everything for the unbeliever. But our, our sins will not be there. We will not be judged at the white throne judgment. We are judged at the Bema Sea judgment. This is a different one. 
This is like coming into a room and it's all dark, and then you flip on the light. And it's like, oh, oh, okay, I see. It's like in this life, I have degrees of light. I have degrees of understanding. I have degrees of, of, um, of uh, the reality of God in my life. So we do see dimly, but at the beamer seat, the light goes on, and it's like, whoa, you know, it's, we are before God in our life, in the presence of God, it'll be made manifest, it says. It'll be manifested. It'll be, I will realize something in the Bema Seat, but not be condemned, not be sentenced to the lake of fire, not be, um, because if I have been living in the light, we'll talk about this in the message, if we have been walking in the light, then we have fellowship with God and with each other. Okay? All right. So let's go to one more, Luke 12. <clears throat> Luke chapter 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. <clears throat> In the meantime, when there were gathered together, an innumerable, innumerable multitude of people, in so much that they trod one upon another. How many people were there? There were so many, they were stepping over each other, pushing and shoving, maybe trampling on each other. And then there's a group of Pharisees in the group, or to the side, or however it was. We can read it. It says, they, they, he began to say unto his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. So we have a good subject here that Jesus brings up, which is hypocrisy. I want to correct myself. Whether the Pharisees were there in present, I'm not sure, actually. For some reason, I had that idea. It doesn't matter. It's, it, it's not the point. The point is, like Jesus tells the crowd, hypocrisy. They cover up things. They project an image, but they're not that way. They look like they're religious and holy, but they're not. So that's hypocrisy. So he uses that, and he says it's, it's like leaven which affects the whole pot of flour, you know, the, the dough. You put leaven in so it rises, and you don't have to put much in, but just a little bit, it affects the whole thing. Uh, so hypocrisy affects our whole life and our relationships with people. It affects us, hypocrisy. So this is what he wants to say about it, verse 2. For there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Now, are you good at hiding things? Are you good at hiding? I am. It's in our nature. We hide. I don't want you to see my shame. I don't want you to see my 
ignorance, or I don't want to see, I, want, I don't want you to see me. I don't want you to see me as I really am. By the way, in marriage, which is a great gift for some people that have, that are married, it's a beautiful thing that your wife is open to your life. And you are in her life, and it's open, and there is nothing hidden, that, that you are together, and you are not ashamed because of love. And that's a beautiful picture of us and God. Like we're not hiding anything with God, we're open before him. And that's written in the scripture, in Hebrews 4, where it says the word of God is like a knife that cuts in and separates bone and marrow and goes to the inner part and is a discerner of our thoughts and our intentions. So like the Lord can search us by his spirit and word. That's a beautiful way of living. So we don't hide things. Pharisees hide. Now, Pharisees, that sect of uh, Jewish teaching where they teach about law, and they keep law and live by law, and, uh, and you can obey the law and say, I've kept all the law. I, keep the law. I have never committed adultery. I have never lied or cheated, okay? And then Jesus says, you say that, but in your heart you do that. But it's not on the outside, it's on the inside. And I am the God of the heart. I am the God of the inside. I know what's in your heart. And don't hide it from me. Bring it out in the open. Put it on the table and show me. Bring, bring to me. And Jesus said this. This is very interesting. This is for the believer, but it's also for the unbeliever. Because the unbeliever doesn't know what to do with his murder. He is lying. It's there. But it's not covered. It's not forgiven. It's not dealt with. So what is a man that has murdered somebody and he's running around? He's free. He got, he got away with murder. He got away with it. But he didn't. For there is a throne judgment, I'm sorry, white with a white throne judgment where he will stand before God and the books will be open. It doesn't say what will be written in the books, but if we use this verse, we can imagine. Let's read it. It says, there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed. So we're going to bring it out at the white throne judgment. What are you going to bring out? Everything. Everything that's happened. Every lie, every murder, every adultery, every cheating thing, everything. After the unbeliever at the white throne judgment, everything will be made manifest. The books will be opened. So what is Jesus saying here? He's saying, your hypocrisy lasts for a moment. It's in the book of Job. The hypocrite's joy or pleasure is for a moment. But that one day, it's over. 
and they will try to run and hide. But there will be no heaven and earth to hide in. There will be no closet, no rock, no den, no cave, no drug, nothing to hide. No, I cannot hide anymore. It's brought out. Look at verse um, 2. There's nothing covered that shall not be revealed, neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever you have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. Now, on the news, you can see the craziness in our society on many levels. And I just look at it and I groan. I'm, I'm sad. I'm sad where how people live and behave and what they do and how they, what they, what, what, to them, it's a way of life. It's a way of life to add sin to sin. I lie, but I just lie more. I lie more, then I just lie more. It's like, do you know there is a judgment? And I think in, in our exchanges with people, we should let them know that we believe that. Not to condemn, but to just let them know. What do you think? You can say it like that. I, well, do you have a, what do you think? Do you, what do you think about the Adolf Hitler? Or what do you think about a conspiracy? And what do you think about murder? And is it, do people just get away with it and it's over and we go on? Or what do you think? Is there a judgment? Is God going to bring it out? Will people stand before God one day? What do you think? Well, they get away with it in this life, but will they get away with it? What do you think? You know? Uh, so look at the verse 3. It says, Therefore, whatsoever you have spoken in darkness shall be made heard in the light, and that which you have spoken in the ear, in closets, shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. And I say unto you, my friends, be not afraid of them that kill the body, and after they have no more that they can do. For I will forewarn you whom you shall fear, Fear him. And I, I understand that to be God. Which you, after he hath killed, hath power to cast into hell. Yea, I say unto you, fear him. So we have, in, in our understanding of life, this maybe helps you when we talk about justice. Where is justice? It is sometimes immediate. You know, you might get justice. Sometimes it is uh, partial. And then there is sometimes, well, there is guaranteed ultimate, ultimate justice. That's, that's what the white throne. That's when, that's when the Lord is saying, you did this, you did this. And there'll be no, no way to hide. I have no answer. There's not, not, not the believer, but people. 
There'll be no, no answer for it. That'll just be, the, my, my own words will condemn me. My conscience will condemn me. And Jesus said, I came not to judge. I came to save. But in that day, let's put up John twelve forty seven. Sobering. 47. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejects me and receives not my words has one that judges him. The word that I have spoken. The same shall judge him in the last day. What day? Last day. What's the last day? Ultimate. The ultimate judgment. The last day. Hmm. Quite sobering, isn't it? Thinking about it. Like what it is. Wow. Again, we can say to people, do you think people, I read in the paper or I see it in the media, do you think people get away with murder? Yes, they do. But no, they don't. Do you think a tyrant running a country or a genocide, they get away with it? No. They do not get away with it. There's the last day. That's the last day. That's the white throne judgment. So that they will say, they will say to the rocks, fall on us, cover us. Let's look at that. Revelation 6. Sobering, I know, but to be honest, for a couple months, it's been on my mind to share it. So here it is. Verse, chapter 6, verse 15. The kings of the earth and the great men. Now, who are they? Kings of the earth, leaders. Kings of the earth, you could say CEOs, wealthiest men, men in the world, the Fortune 500, I don't know, uh, leaders, universities, um, government officials, military heroes, Athletes, celebrities, you know, Super Bowl heroes, victors, all kinds of people that are the great people. The great people. It doesn't matter at this time who they are in terms of us, but in terms of truth and God, who are they? So therefore, when we are born again, we have the nature of Christ born in us. We will not be in that judgment, for our sins are washed away. Amen. We have been justified, made righteous. Imagine the life of perfection that Christ lived is imputed to us, legally imputed to us. We are righteous, righteous as God. Therefore, we are not being judged at the white throne. We will be judged at the bema seat 
in regards to how I've lived my life of faith, but no condemnation, only a light switch, so to speak, that'll reveal what, what we are, or fire that reveals what we are. If there's gold, silver, precious metal, then that will endure the fire. That will endure the scrutiny of God's holiness and the reality of Christ is in you so that you will have a good Bema Seed judgment. Whatever you have done in him and through him, which has eternal value, we store up our treasure in heaven. But these are unbelievers in Revelation 6.15. They are unbelievers. The kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us. Hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Now, a few comments on it. Where do you find hiding in the Bible? Hiding, where do you find it? First time, Genesis, what happened? Adam and Eve ate the fruit, and they immediately hid. Why? Because of, because of God and sin. Uh, so sin makes me hide. That's what we do. We are sinners, and we hide. From who? From God. That's why maybe I don't go to the church. I, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to have a, a believer as a friend. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to read the Bible. I don't, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to know about it. We hide. We're afraid. We're, we hide from, because of our sin. But we don't understand that God takes our sins away. Amen. We don't understand that it's God that I need. Right? It's through his blood that our sins are washed away and blotted out in the the document against us is nailed to the cross. The law is nailed to the cross, Colossians two fourteen and 15. And, and my sins are blotted out, like removed. Okay, I don't know that, so I hide. Or I do know it, but I hide anyway. Because, because uh, I don't know how to walk with God. Here's a simple lesson. Walk with God by being humble before God. Trust him. Fear him. Respect him. And bring your stuff and put it before him. And you can tell him everything. Everything. It's just like husband and wife. When you are, when you are open with each other, you, you are actually confiding in, resting in the relationship of love. If there is love... Love covers a multitude of sins and blemishes and weaknesses and fears. And we have, we have a relationship. And that's like a human picture of something spiritual. When you, you are with God, then you are trusting him with your blemishes, 
your fears and insecurities. And you're bringing it before God and saying, God, here, this is me. What do you think? And he goes, it's not a pretty picture, but I love you. I gave you my son, and, you, and, and it is beautiful. It is beautiful. I've accepted you in the beloved. I've imputed to you my righteousness. You are accepted by me. I give you my name. I give you my Holy Spirit so that you can walk with me in oneness and have fellowship with me and walk with me. Then we say, oh, yes, Lord, here, I bring it out. Here I am. I'm not hiding. So in the, in the scripture, there's many of them where God calls, like Adam, Adam, and there's not any, you know, where are you? Versus Noah, Noah, and Noah says, you know, here I am. I am accountable to you, not hiding. And, you know, many of the, we could count them sometime. There's Moses, Moses, here I am. There was Samuel, Samuel, here I am. Abraham, Abraham, here I am. You can count them. Look it up. Okay, so... When Jesus came into the world, he saw a lot of people hiding. And he's saying to them parables to break, op- break open the heart and tell stories about love and about grace and touch hearts and exhort and teach and warn them. Like, bring it out. It's going to come out anyway. It's going to be manifest anyway, because that's the nature of reality. Reality is going to touch everything. Like one day, all the wrong will be made right. Every lie, everything, everything in life will be brought into the light of his countenance. But for us, we have an incredible, we have incredible thing. And that is everything that we have brought before God, not hiding, but we brought before God has resulted uh, resulted in it being washed away. It's over. It's gone. We live in the light. We're walking in the light. All right. So what about the unbeliever? Do you see it? In the news, do you see it? What they're doing? Do you see what unbelievers are doing? What are they doing? They're hiding all the time. They're accusing others. They're blaming. They're hiding. You cannot find. You cannot find like the the truth. You cannot find it. They don't. They they have a hard time. They cannot take it. They cannot take it. They are very busy trying to. They're, they're covering themselves. And so when the white throne judgment comes, there'll be no place for them to hide. And here they are so eager to get away from God. Now notice it says, this is a very interesting point. This is a long message. I didn't plan to, this was supposed to be an introduction. But follow this with me. He goes, wrath of what the lamb okay what does that mean 
wrath of the lamb. Have you ever seen a little lamb? You can push them over. They are like a little dog or something. You can just push the lamb over. A lamb is not a powerful animal. Why are they afraid of the lamb? What? The lamb. Because truth is like this. Like the truth is, it is like the truth is, in a, in a sense, it doesn't have to have a lot of muscle. It is what it is. And they're afraid of the truth coming out. I remember reading a story about these teenagers that were doing the telephone thing. Like, you know, do you have, was it, Prince Edward in a can? You know, the tobacco. Do you have Prince Edward in a can? Well, then let him out. And then they hang up the phone, you know. <laughs> is, your, is your refrigerator running? You know, you know those kind of jokes that teenagers do, used to do, my era. Okay, as a, a, with people on the phone, prank, prank calls and everything. And then one of the calls was, they called up somebody out of the phone book just randomly, and they just said, we know everything. And then just hung up the phone. And then the person on the other, they left town. They just left town because they know everything, Okay. They are afraid of the wrath of the Lamb, the reality of God, who is so humble and so weak, but the wrath of the truth is so powerful that they run and they want to hide and they want the mountains to fall on them and not face it. They cannot face it. Why? Because they, they are sinners. They have no options. They are sinners. They have nothing taking it away. They have no forgiveness. They don't have it. They, their own sin condemns them. The law condemns them and shuts their mouth in Romans 3, verse 19. They have no way to get out. They have no escape because they don't have Christ. If, if people don't have Christ and they're going to face God one day, how will they face God? It says heaven and earth will flee away. We read it. And they will stand before God, but there'll be no place to hide. There'll be no excuses. There'll be no way out. There'll be no answer for their life. They are just sinners. Before God in the books will be opened, and everything hidden will be made manifest. And there they are. And that reality is so shocking. That reality is so overwhelming. And then they are cast into the lake of fire. Does God delight in it? No. I mean, yes and no. Yet no, no, in that he died for them. He gave Christ for them. Yes, because reality is reality. And reality cannot compromise with our reality, our, our games that we play. That this is a game that people play. And they're hiding. Are you really think you're going to get away from God and his justice? 
Are you going to find, are you, do you really think that you're going to be excused? Do you actually think your good looks are going to excuse you? Your personality, your degrees, your money or whatever? Do you really think your excuses, your philosophy, your religion is going to excuse you in that day? No. Nothing will work. Nothing will work in that day. So, this is how it is. Think about it. Let's look at it one more time. Chapter 6. Verse 16. And they said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us. Why? I would never want a mountain to fall on me. I'm telling you that right now. I don't want a mountain to fall on me unless I have nowhere else, no other answer. But I can't face him. I can't face him. Have a mountain fall on me and remove me. By the way, suicide is not an answer. You will face God. We, we face God. And if we have Christ, then mercy rejoices over judgment, and that we will not enter into judgment like that. We will, we'll, there'll be the judgment where the light goes on in life, and we will see and understand better, but no condemnation, and also momentary shame, but fullness of joy. First John chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 25. That is, our, our, our position is different from theirs. So they will say to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Okay. All right. That's sobering, I know. and It's a very powerful, powerful thing. And We'll say a few more words about it after. Amen. Okay, so Pastor Steve. Pastor Chris, okay. Okay, we'll just finish in about five or seven minutes. So. So sobering thought today. And, and I, do, I do think that there are people we will meet in everyday life, maybe at work, and you can say to them, like, what do you think? Is there a last day judgment? Or do you think that all the wrong things that have happened would one day be brought and we would... We would we would see God deal with every wrong thing and make it right, and that there would be a new world where everything is right. Do you think so? I feel that way. When I was a little boy, I remember being on a swing set, and life was perfect for me. You know, mom and dad in the house and on the swing set, the birds singing, the Everything, you know, flowers, and I, and I was little. I was, I'm, I don't know, seven years old. I remember there's something about that feeling 
like yes life like this is good is this God made this world and somehow I why would that be in our heart and mind and then we grow up and we find the pain we find the trouble the sin the broken relationships broken heart death disease cancer accidents tragedy and yeah behind it i'm like thinking no there's got to be a better world no lie no murder no betrayal no broken heart yes that's what i think if somehow in our dna we're made not to suffer we're made to live we're not made to be like sad we're made to have joy for in the presence of God is fullness of joy. So will God take history and show us that things were wrong and bring to light the things hidden? I think so. So we can talk to people about it. And, and then, then the last thing here is how do we live now? How do we live? And in a word, just don't hide from God. Bring it before God. Ask him to deal with your stuff. Deal with it. You deal with it. Bring it before God. Let him fill you with the Spirit. And bring it before him. It's in First John 1, verse 7. But if we walk in the light... As he is in the light. It doesn't mean I walk perfectly. It just means I walk in the light. It doesn't mean my life is perfect or I'm particularly great or something. We aren't, but we walk in the light. That's great. The light, him. Just walk in the light. It's like turning on a switch. It's like having a flashlight. Walk in that light. It might be small, but it's enough. I'm walking in that light. And what happens? Look at verse 7. 1 John 1, 7. We have fellowship one with another. That's that real connection of the Spirit with God and with each other. And the blood of Jesus Christ, wow. The blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. That means that the the blood of Jesus, you can't see that blood, uh, of course, but it's cleansing you from all sin. What? Yes, I am a sinner. I've sinned this morning, I'm sure, somehow, but those those are unknown sins. It says all sin. Okay, this is all sin, all so you have no unknown and known sin. What does he cleanse you from? All of it. I have some unknown sin in my life. I'm sure I have. I don't know about it. God can show me. But maybe, maybe right now I don't know of it. But I'm not worried about it. I'm not concentrating on it because I'm living in the light. If I live in the light, I have fellowship with God and fellowship with you. 
and we walk in the light. And the blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. That's what it does. We're not guilty. We don't feel guilt. We feel worship and praise and thanksgiving and faith and confidence. So here's the last thing. What if, to, what if you, doctor, told you today you're going to die tomorrow? Or in a month or three months, okay? What do you think about that? What do you think about meeting God? Well, if we've been walking in the light in this life, if we've been walking in the light, then we are, in a sense, we are prepared to enter into that light in fuller degree. And I haven't been hiding in this life, like hiding, like I don't want God to see this or see that, and I'm hiding it. No, we're living in the light, and, and as far as we know, we're just walking in the light, and then we're going to meet God, and, it's, uh, and the scripture says in 1 John four seventeen. let's put that up, it says, Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. What judgment? Not white throne judgment. We're not judged there. We're judged at the Bema seat. Fault. Fault. Okay. That's not condemning me. It's just the reality that my ball didn't go in the right place. Uh, Bema seat judgment if simply entering into the more greater degree of light, I mean, we're without a sin nature, and we have boldness in that day. Verse 17, it says, we have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we. Where? In, in heaven, right? Yeah, because it does say, when we see him, we will be like him. But here it says that we have boldness in that day of judgment because as he is, so we are now in this present evil world, walking with him. That we're, we're very eager about it. We actually want to go. We're, we're ready because we've been living like this. We have been open before him. We know him. Uh, so then uh, we have an, a great advantage. We have a kind of confidence and a boldness about meeting Christ. God's in this lifetime, in the Bible, in the spirit, in the body of Christ, we walk in the light. And we are having fellowship. So it's like a test for me. If I can abide in the body, in fellowship, if a guy can teach me his word, and I can say no to sinful things, and I have authority in faith, and I'm living in the light and fellowshipping, then I'm very, very happy about meeting him one day. And we have confidence in that. And that's the uh, blessing that you and I have in this lifetime. Therefore, in our evangelism, we're able to share with people that we're going to go and be with Jesus soon. Therefore, we say, what do you think? Is there a judgment the last day? Is there a time coming? Are you prepared for that? And 
other things. Amen. So pray with me, please. <clears throat> if you're here today and you're not a believer, then I hope you understand that God loves you to the degree of giving his son that God would not violate his own justice but actually justify the sinner by giving his son and making his son sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I hope that language doesn't throw you off. I hope you would say in your heart, I need Jesus in my life. Save me, God. Save me and forgive me. I confess my sin to you. I walk by faith in you and teach me and lead me. And then to the believer today, then walk in the light. Just whatever light God gives you, walk in it. Agree with him and you will increase in fellowship, increase in knowledge, increase in love and in confidence and know him personally, in Jesus' name, amen.